Welcome to the From the Flats podcast, your destination for the latest in Georgia Tech athletics. Now, here's your host, Wiley Ballard. All the fame weekend here on the Flats, the Yellow Jackets turn home to host the North Carolina Tar Heels and will enshrine a number of Yellow Jackets, including three with football ties. Uh, athletic trainer Jay Shoup, coach Deshard Choice, and defensive end Derek Morgan, who will join us a little later in the program. But first things first, let's catch up with voice of the Yellow Jackets, Andy Demetra, and his color man, Sean Bedford. And uh, guys, the the bottom line when it comes to Georgia Tech uh, here in 2019 is is the wins and losses are not where they want to be, but uh, we have seen some improvement from the opening night at Clemson to what we saw this past weekend. In, in your eyes, uh, where has that improvement been? Well, I think the improvement has come in, in a lot of areas that maybe are not going to be obvious to the casual observer because you don't know what the assignments are going to be to start with. And I think the offensive players in particular have really grown in, in making sure they had the right reads, getting in the right protections. And I think that really shows most along the offensive line. I thought pass protection, although it still isn't perfect, it's definitely gotten better. Um, I think the offensive line is figuring out slide protection concepts much better as they get more experience and as they see more defenses. But I think that also comes down to the running backs and how well they're helping to pick up blitz and the kind of factors they can be out of the backfield as receiving threats and safety valves when the quarterback gets some pressure. Um, so I think some of it may be a little bit under the radar, but I, I'm encouraged by what I see on that front. You know this, Sean, nothing affects continuity more than injuries. And Georgia Tech has weathered so many injuries on that offensive line. You know from having played that position, you need to have consistency, knowing who's the guy lining up to your left, who's lining up to your right, so you can have that cohesiveness of communication. That goes a long way toward building growth and, and building chemistry up front, which makes everything go on an offense. Georgia Tech hasn't had that luxury, but you are seeing incremental gains uh, individually among some of these offensive linemen. And I think you saw that to a degree in the second half versus Temple, where James Graham had time to set up in the pocket. We know he's a dynamic thrower and can make some throws on the run, but he didn't have to scramble for his life before he even camped back there after dropping back to pass. So I see that as an area where Georgia Tech has made some growth. And it's easy to look at the scoreboard and think, now this this offense is anemic right now. And, you know, there are some numbers certainly that would have you believe that. But also, Georgia Tech had five drives inside Temple's 35-yard line last Saturday. It's not like they were being stoned possession after possession by a very good Owls defense. They were able to move the ball downfield, so they are gaining some momentum in their ability to matriculate the ball. Now that next step is, can you finish the drives? One to get inside the 35, one to get inside the red zone. Georgia Tech is not that far from there. It's just a matter of completing those drives, and we'll see if Georgia Tech can continue its growth in that department as well. One other point I'd like to bring up, Andy, and it's related to what we talked about, about the improvements along that offensive line and just generally with moving the ball in between uh, the, the red zone area. I thought the wide receivers have really stepped up in a big way. And in particular, um, some of these guys who maybe have flown under the radar the last couple of years have stepped up and established themselves as guys who can go up and get the football. And I think it's unfortunate that he's probably going to be injured for the rest of the season. But uh, Jalen Camp, I think, was really coming into his own. Malachi Carter has shown that he can be that kind of player. Uh, and, and I'm just impressed consistently with how these receivers are maturing in this offense. Amarion Brown's another guy who I think is only going to continue uh, to get better and better as the season goes on and as they learn 
to adjust to some of these defenses to get open and to make those catches. Well, let's talk about uh, one of the key revelations there in the second half, and that was James Graham had a chance to uh, helm uh, Georgia Tech's final seven drives. And as you know, Andy got Tech uh, in the scoring position uh, multiple times. You look at his stats, 10 for 24, uh, four different receivers he connected with, 100 yards passing. Uh, what did you guys see from James Graham, and what do you hope to see from him this coming weekend now with a little more experience under his belt? I, I will echo what Dave Patnode said of James earlier this week. He is a wild stallion. You see him busted out of the pocket, and some of the balls he spun against Temple off balance or off his back foot or on the run, he's got an arm, a really live arm. Um, and, and as Dave alluded to also in his press conference, he's still learning how to see the field, how to read coverages, how to adjust protections. And what was encouraging talking to Dave Padnode is that he's able to make those adjustments from one game to the next. He's able to correct himself, and that's only going to make him more mature uh, as he builds that institutional knowledge of how to run this offense. So I, I, I think there's a lot of physical ability in James Graham. Can you marshal that all against the North Carolina team that uh, affected some pressure on Trevor Lawrence last Saturday? Now, they're without one of their best safeties in Miles Woolfolk. He's out with a, an upper body injury. They'll be down uh, one of their, their anchors in the back four. Could that create an opportunity for James? But he presents enough of a running threat to go along with that arm strength, which I think can make him incrementally and increasingly more dangerous for Georgia Tech as this season goes on. Yeah, James Graham is a true dual threat quarterback, and that means he's not just a pat or just, not just a runner. And I think there's a connotation that a lot of people have when you hear dual threat, you think runner. No, no, no. He is a dynamic passer with a cannon for an arm who can do things just th that you have to be naturally born with. You know, there there are only so many people who can be running with all their momentum going across their body, turn and throw across their body, and then just wing it 50 yards downfield. That's not something that everybody can do, and it's something that James Graham can do. Now, as Andy was saying, you've got to find ways to kind of rein that in, and this is going to be a common refrain throughout the rest of the season, I think, but it's a matter of getting experience and getting live game reps where you see the way the safeties are going to break. You see what the linebackers are doing. You, you figure out where that, that receiver is going to be open coming out of his break, and you learn the kind of throws you can and can't get away with. So, um, you know, he's still trying to put all this together. I think he's going to continue to get better and better. But the one thing I can tell you for sure is that James Graham is an incredibly talented passer, uh, and let's not sleep on his legs either. I mean, this guy can really move when he decides to take off, but what impresses me maybe most is the maturity he's shown as a young quarterback with that scrambling ability who says, I'm going to hang in the pocket, I'm going to wait for my plays to develop downfield, and I'm not going to look to run right away. Well, the opponent on the docket for Georgia Tech, North Carolina Tar Heels, the uh, first of uh, six consecutive Coastal Division foes for Georgia Tech on the schedule. And there's not a whole lot uh, similar that it, that has been held over from the 2018 season when it comes to North Carolina, whether it be Mac Brown, the Hall of Fame head coach, returning to Chapel Hill, or Nathan Elliott, the quarterback who started last year's game, he's transferred to Arkansas State. In fact, Chaz Surratt, who started two years ago at Bobby Dodd, he's now a member of the linebacking core for the Tar Heels. So it's going to be Sam Howell, a highly touted freshman quarterback, who's led Carolina to some big wins and near upset last weekend, but also struggled to prevent turning the ball over in their loss to App State a couple weeks ago. What do you guys make of North Carolina? Well, I think North Carolina has, as you said, there's there's a newness about them. There's just sort of a, a fresh feel. 
They brought in some really good assistant coaches. Jay Bateman, uh, the defense coordinator from Army the last couple of years, has come in and revolutionized how they're playing defense. Uh, but then on the offensive side of the ball, Phil Longo has brought the same effective spread offense that he ran at Ole Miss. Uh, Sam Howell has flourished in that. You know, you look at his stats already this year, uh, nearly 1,200 yards passing, 11 touchdowns, and two interceptions. Those are really good numbers no matter who you are, let alone for someone who is in his first year as a starter. So uh, I've been very impressed with them. Um, do they sometimes do kind of quirky things that you don't expect? Yeah, sure, but that makes it kind of fun. And uh, I think there is an aspect of that that kind of wild card with um, the new look Mac Brown, you know, coming back to North Carolina, installing these two dynamic coordinators, changing the the attitude and the, the approach to football in Chapel Hill. Good luck booking an appointment with a cardiologist in Chapel Hill because all five North Carolina games this year have been decided by six points or less. And I think three of those five games have come down to the final possession. I think it also shows that e- even though the Tar Heels were 5-18 and 18 the last two years under Larry Fedora, he didn't exactly leave the cupboard bare. They had horrific injury luck in 2017. They clearly had some chemistry issues last year, but uh, they had some returning talent. You pair that with Sam Howell and Phil Longo putting him in positions to succeed, and they've been able to put it together and surprise a lot of folks so far through five games. Yeah, they're on a three-game losing streak, but they've turned a lot of heads, and certainly when you are a two-point conversion away from upsetting number one Clemson, that'll cause a lot of uh, chiropractic adjustments from people following college football at what they did. Uh, But, you know, the running game, as much as we talk about them trying to pattern their offense after the air raid style of a Cliff Kingsbury or a Lincoln Riley. Uh, those running backs are really good. Javante Williams, like you said, Sean, you got Michael Carter, who rushed for 68 yards against the Jackets last year, which was a team high. Antonio Williams is a senior. They can rotate in their backs with that spread field and eat up yards between the tackles very well. So don't discount that aspect of their game. It's a great security blanket for Howell as well. I've been impressed so far with North Carolina, but hopefully Georgia Tech can lean on that uh, history of them uh, being very successful against North Carolina at Bobby Dodd and use that to their advantage on Saturday. Sounds like a plan. Toe meets leather at 4 p.m. on Saturday afternoon. We'll be on with the pregame coverage beginning at 2 o'clock on the Georgia Tech Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. A big thanks to you guys, Andy and Sean, for stopping by, and let's get a win on Saturday. Sounds like a plan, Wiley. We'll do it. All right, up next, we'll speak with Georgia Tech Hall of Famer Derek Morgan. He'll get inducted on Friday night uh, at the Georgia Tech Hotel and Conference Center. Big week for Derek as he reflects back on his time at Georgia Tech and how excited he is to be a member of the Hall of Fame. This is From the Flats. The Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets are back in action at Bobby Dodd Stadium Saturday, October 5th. Take advantage of the Stinger Mobile Pass that guarantees you a seat for all remaining home games, including Georgia, for $149. Visit ramblinrec.com slash stingerpass today. And we are thrilled to now be joined by uh, one of the incoming Hall of Famers at Georgia Tech this weekend, one of the best defensive players in the history of Tech football, an All-American, uh, 2009 or uh, ACC Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, just wrapping up nearly a decade-long career in the NFL. And uh, as of this Friday, a Georgia Tech Hall of Famer, Southeastern Pennsylvania's own Derek Morgan. And Derek, I know uh, you were announced as uh, part of the incoming Hall of Fame class in late April, but has your excitement level changed uh, as this Hall of Fame weekend has now arrived? Yeah, I, w- I would say so. I mean, it's it's getting closer to the date and, you know, it's becoming more real and they got some family coming in town, so uh, we're, we're definitely excited for the uh, upcoming weekend. 
How much, how much family do you have coming in town? Are they coming in from all over or all from Pennsylvania? Um, so my mother lives in Atlanta. Um, and my dad's actually coming down from PA and then, uh, I got a lot of my, my former Georgia tech teammates, uh, joining me, uh, on Friday night as well. So I'm looking forward to it. Can we go back to kind of where it all began again, coming up, uh, in Coatesville, Pennsylvania. And I know you talked about it, uh, in your recent, uh, column on the players tribune about how football wasn't necessarily in the plans but uh, over the course of your junior and senior year of high school you got a lot of attention uh, from football and uh, a lot of folks were, were knocking on your door how did you become uh, a georgia tech yellow jack i would say uh, a lot of different factors uh, one was you know everybody wanted me to come to penn state you know that was the state school that was the most popular school in the area um, but i had other dreams i wanted to kind of get away from home and kind of get a new environment. Atlanta, obviously being Atlanta, was was definitely compelling to me. Um, and, and really, I think the main thing that um, kind of tipped Georgia Tech uh, over the edge was basically the recruiting class that I came in with. You know, the guys like Nick Clater, Tyler Melton, Mike Peterson, uh, Morgan Burnett, Jonathan Dwyer, like those are the guys that I really built strong bonds with through the recruiting process. And that really, to me, kind of like stood out. And you know, I said, hey, well, you know, if we have this type of chemistry, you know, right now, like we could really do some special things in our time at Tech. And, you know, thankfully uh, that, that, that inclination turned out to be right. Derek, I'm curious. I mean, the world has changed so much the last 10 years. And, and obviously not only just the world in general, but the world of, of, of high school football and, and recruiting. You know, 10 years or when you were getting recruited close to 15 years ago, were there as many satellite camps or how were you able to communicate um, with other members of your recruiting class? How did you kind of recognize you guys had that chemistry? Was that from on-campus official visits or was there communication over online platforms? Yeah, I would, the, the first one was the an official visit in 2007. Tech was playing Notre Dame and uh, most of the recruiting class you know was local guys and they were actually at the game in town and so we got a chance to hang out a lot during that weekend and then um actually ended up coming back down uh in december and so i had another chance to, to reconvene with the guys and then you know i actually came to georgia tech early uh semester early in january and so the local guys like Kyle, Kyle Jackson and Nick Clater and like even Tyler Melton, I was like going to there, even though he was he was in Houston. But like I was going to these guys houses like on the weekends and just kind of catching up with them. Um, so we continued that relationship until the time they got there in June. So it was, uh, you know, that and then, you know, like the MySpace at, at the time was, was the most popular <laughs> thing. And so. You know, we AOL Messenger, you know, it def, definitely changed a lot, man. You know, we didn't have IG and Twitter and, you know, all the other apps. And so it, it was uh, something that was, was very special, though, um, and we made it work. One of the key members of the Georgia Tech staff uh, at the time of your recruitment was Jeff Collins, director of player personnel. Uh, what is your best uh, Jeff Collins anecdote from that time as a high school student considering coming to Georgia Tech? Is, is there one memory that sticks out? Uh, I, I always remember him, like, being like in your corner like always being there for you if you needed anything you know like hey Derek you know just let me know if you need anything call me text me whatever um just seeing he was very supportive um you know during that time and so you know I actually only got a brief time with him 
you know, because I think he ended up leaving uh, shortly after I got there. But that's one memory I always had of him was like just being very supportive and, you know, welcoming uh, when I got on campus. Joined by uh, Georgia Tech Hall of Famer and uh, ACC Defensive Player of the Year back in 2009, Derek Morgan. And so, Derek, the seeds are sown there uh, in, in the fall of 2006, and you guys reaped a lot of benefits over your career, but uh, perhaps none greater than in that 2009 season. So many special victories. Uh, I'm curious, though, over your career, what what are your most vivid memories uh, from your time as a as a player at Georgia Tech? Hmm. A couple. 2009 was a special season. Um, I would say that Clemson game on Thursday night was sort of my coming out party and, you know, was, was blessed to have a really good game that, you know, that night and um, sort of got on a lot of people's radars after that game. Um, and then, you know, the Wake Forest game. Um, and then I would say the, uh, the championship game versus Clemson. You mentioned that uh, Thursday night Clemson game uh, back in September of 2009 is your coming out party. Uh, did you feel like Scott Blair stole a little bit of your thunder with that uh, fake touchdown pass uh, down the sideline? Hey, look, we needed it. <laughs> we that we needed all that <laughs> that night. So, no, not at all. Added to it, man. Because if it wasn't for that, I don't know if we would have ended up winning that game. So, that was a pivotal pivotal moment in that game. And so, <laughs> Scott Blair, man, that was a that was an epic play right there. And then, as far as the relationships with with your teammates, you, you mentioned Mike Peterson, Nick Clayter, you know, so uh, Tyler Melton, so many special guys. Well, what's the first thing you guys talk about when you guys get together? Um, man, it varies. You know, we've we've developed relationships that you know lasted throughout the years and you know evolved from Georgia Tech. So it just varies, man. Like, what what do guys have going on in their lives, and you know, what are they doing in the business side of things and in their careers and um, you know, family. So it's, I mean, it's, it's pretty robust relationships that we have and de- have developed over time. So uh, conversations, you know, varies a lot of, and sometimes some reminiscing going on and, you know, all the above, but it, it's been a, a pretty, uh, pretty good circle of friends and, and, um, and brothers that I've been able to, to develop with and over the years. Well, you mentioned uh, part of those conversations being about the business side, and, and you wrote a, a real thoughtful piece. Uh, we alluded to earlier on the Players' Tribune this summer about, uh, and, and you titled it, uh, My New Purpose. Talk a lot about how your identity beyond football, uh, once you kind of got in your NFL career, wanting to increase your financial literacy, uh, studying a whole lot, trying to you know make sure there was a plan uh, for after your time in the NFL. And, and I'm curious, uh, upon thinking about all that and kind of maturing you know, through your career, has your perspective about what Georgia Tech means to you and, and what it can do changed at all from, from maybe 10 years ago when you were as a player and, you know, by your own admission, were kind of soul focused on getting to the NFL? Yeah, I would, I would say so. When I look back at my time at Tech, um, you know, it, it, was, it was difficult at times because, as you well know, Georgia Tech is an, is an academic school. As a student athlete, you had to show up to class. You had to show up and you had to actually apply yourself in the classroom and you weren't getting cut breaks here and there. And it was something that you, you know, really taught me um, the benefit of like time management and, and discipline and, you know, being diligent in, in your approach. And so I learned a lot. Uh, I grew up a lot at Georgia Tech, um, you know, while, you know, s- some of those times were difficult. I look back at it like, man, I'm so thankful for those times because they prepared me, you know, they prepared me for you know, being a professional athlete and, and on and off the field so many, in, in so many different ways and you know, just t- taught me about responsibility and, and, and work ethic. And so 
all all those things you know paid dividends um after i left tech and i'm able to look back and, and really pinpoint like okay that was kind of where i learned some of these these traits at and so definitely thankful uh for my time there well derek we're thankful for your time uh here this afternoon again thanks for joining us derek morgan at georgia tech hall of famer here on hall of fame weekend and Congratulations. I know you've made a lot of people uh, on the flats very proud, not only over your time here at Tech, but uh, as a player in the NFL. And, and we can't wait to see what you do next uh, beyond football. Awesome, man. I appreciate you having me on. That's Derek Morgan. And that'll do it for this week's From the Flats. Be sure to tune into the Georgia Tech IMG Sports Network on game days for live coverage. And subscribe to this channel to get the latest news on the Yellow Jackets.